Hey, everybody. We have unlocked uh, one of our old Patreon episodes on the wonderful Brad Bird movie, Incredibles. You're about to listen to it. And uh, as we prepare for Underworld, the series that won the bracket, uh, you can listen to this and the next week, Incredibles 2. Um, but it's a good reminder that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Micah McCaw, uh, link is going to be in the show notes, you can sign up, and when we get to 50 patrons, we're going to go through all the Pixar series we have not covered. Uh, not just series, but even single movies. So um, we've been trying to do this for a couple of years. Uh, it's it's uh, We have a, a, a wonderful fan base, wonderful patrons and stuff like that, but we're, we're really trying to push to get to 50. Um, so this is a reminder this was one of our earliest Patreon episodes, um, so they're only going to get even better than this. Um, but yeah, if you sign up, we can do we can do Bugs Life, we can do Coco, we can do uh, the Cars movies, which we haven't done. Those could technically be on the main feed, but um, yeah, there, there's just a bunch that we could do, and we really want to cover them. So help us get to fifty. Um, if you're if you if you if you have friends you can you can sign them up if you have family you can sign them up if you are just obsessed with pixar you could make yourself you know 14 or 15 different accounts um i don't actually suggest that that would be a little a little wild although it would count so anyway um enjoy this episode and we'll see you in a couple of weeks when we do underworld do, 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 do. Hello. Hey patrons, what up? It's it's your favorite podcast, maybe. I hope. If you're a Patreon subscriber for the podcast, I'm thinking it might be. Yeah. And uh, right now, we are doing... This is MPU, the sequel. If you're new to this, um, on our main feed on the Macaw Podcast Universe, what we do is trilogies or more. But if you're joining in now, we're doing, we're doing the movies that only have two uh, movies total. Yeah. And so today we are jumping into The Incredibles. We're kind of kicking this whole thing off with all the Pixar's that are just two movies, which is uh been interesting so far with Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, and this is no less interesting than that. Mhm. So this comes off of the heels of so Pixar's founded they make Toy Story 1. Huge hit. They make A Bug's Life. Huge hit. Oh, huge hit. They make Toy Story. a sequel to that one, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Well, remember in Toy Story 2, there's the outtake mm-hmm. and the, the bugs say, like, uh, we're in a we're sequel. We're finally in a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in Toy Story 2, they're like, it, it's like this studio. They can't lose. They cannot lose. And then all of a sudden, Monsters, Inc. And it's like, oh my gosh, they just keep pushing the boundaries. There's no way. Then in 2003, they go, Finding Nemo. Everyone's like, this studio is as good as it gets. And then in 2004, they release The Incredibles, to which everyone is like, yeah, they cannot be stopped. This studio is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Adults, kids, whoever, you can watch a Pixar movie. Doesn't matter. And it's going to be great. Um, And then I think, yeah, Cars is the next movie. So that's when things change maybe a little bit. I mean, I think the first Cars is pretty good. Actually, I think they're all pretty good. They're just not Pixar caliber, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they pass for good kids' movies, but... So... I didn't grow up liking Cars, so I I didn't really care about it. Yeah. Well, the the thing about that series, though, is it is... They make so much money on merchandising, it's Mm -hmm. insane. So, like, I think there's... It's smart. It was a smart next movie. Yeah, and I I think it's definitely fueled by, like, because three Cars movies, no one needs three Cars movies. One, I think, is interesting and good enough, but they kept making them, and I I think it is definitely a corporate decision, like, you know what, we we do want to 
We do want to make a little more than just like these artsy movies, and the merchandise is rolling. And I'll say, one. Cars makes for a good Cars land, and I think I've already talked yeah. about it. But it is out of this world, fantastic. Right. I can't wait to see what they do with Marvel stuff in California oh, Adventure. No, because I I remember I remember when like the Bugs Life thing became a thing there, like uh-huh. they that little area they made it into the bugs life area and i'm like this is so cool but then i heard they were doing cars land and i think that was the summer i went that oh yeah that was i believe the summer that uh we graduated high school so we went there mm-hmm. for a graduation uh trip what, yeah. what's it called senior trip yeah. and um graduation. you couldn't you could it was boarded off still but yeah. that summer i went to disneyland twice oh so by the time my family went again Cars Land was open, and it was kind of like, yeah, we'll go because it's there. Uh-huh. And then we get there, and it's like, oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> the movie. It was so good. I know. I finally went there for the first time last year when we went to Disneyland. Or was it two years ago when we went with Hannah? I think it was two years yeah. ago. Um, and I had never I'd never been to that mm-hmm. part of the park. Um, um, amazing ride. So amazing. Worth know, doing I, the single rider line for I it. hope that the... I hope that the Marvel one is like mind blowing. I know. I remember we're taking a Disneyland tangent, yeah. people. You're on Patreon. You want this. Yeah. <laughs> I remember too when they converted Tower of Terror to Guardians. Oh. I was pretty bummed. And Guardians is my favorite, yeah. as you patrons should know if you've listened to the Marvel stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm like, love Twilight Zone. Like grew up. Yeah, it's, Twilight it's Zone. so so cool, and it's like, how is it even going to be interesting? You're and just going up and down. The and, other one worked so well. Yeah, and for Tower of Terror, it was like their one haunted ride in California Adventure. Yeah, and the set they just the sets are just like Chef's Kiss, beautiful uh-huh. on how how they did everything, and I just wanted to like spend an entire day in the hotel. Yeah, and pretend that it was all real. Mm-hmm. Um. And a fun story, the first time I went on that ride, I got, I pretty much got to the, like, waiting to get on the ride, and I chickened out. I was so scared to go on I that. was so scared. But then there was this kid who was, like, younger than me, and it was so sweet. He's like, it's not that scary. It's really fun. And this kid, like, gave me the courage to do it. <laughs> wow. And I remember doing it, and it, like, I've never felt that sensation in your stomach. Yeah. And it was one of the most exhilarating sensations ever. And that's the closest I'll ever get to skydiving or bungee jumping yeah. or whatever. Anyway, so then, yeah, so when Guardians happened, the when we were there, I the first time I went on it, it was like, okay, what are the sets going to be like? Is it going to be as cool as Tower of Terror? And then, of course, you're waiting in line. And it's all... Um, the, the line Jeff, went Jeff too Goldblum. fast. I know. No, no, it's it's uh, Benicio Del Toro. It's the Benicio collector. Benicio Del Toro's. But it's got some Jeff Goldblum stuff there. Yeah. Like, I, he might but even it's like talk a little bit. like the collector sanctum. That's right. That's right. And it is just like, oh my gosh, they did it. Yeah. They freaking did it. And usually I remember with Tower of Terror. Well, I mean, the line's always a long wait for that ride. Yeah. Um, but Tower of Terror, like, it's funny comparing it to something like this. And it's like, man, it's more fun to wait in line for Guardians because it go like, yeah. I didn't think it would go too fast for me. Yeah. And when Rocket pops up in the line and explains oh, you what and I, to do. We just look at each other and we're like, he's real. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really him. It that That one was crazy, though, because I was like, to, uh, the tower of terror the the actual ride experience i really really like i almost like it, it's so fun but i always get a little bit sick when okay. i get out of um twilight zone or you know now guardians and um so the thing about it is is it's like uh i i just didn't know I, like i loved twilight zone and i'm like there's no way that they can that they can top it, but it'll be fun, you yeah. know, because it's Guardians. And then it's like, it's so much better. It's crazy. It's insane. It's crazy how it's much better insane. it is. It's insane. So. And I will, to further it, and this ties back into Incredibles. Yeah. When the last time we were there, that's when um, California Screaming became Incredicoaster, because, you know, it's oh, Pixar yeah. Pier now. And I remember when, you know, we were we went on it. It was like, I mean, I genuinely don't know how they can change this one. So uh-huh. obviously they didn't really, they just added the characters kind yeah. of throughout. And it was like, again, I just like, seriously, Disney is the best. And I know that's not great because they, they're a monopoly, but it's like, they just really know what we, what well, I we can want. give the Imagineers cred. Well, yeah. The Imagineers are just like, they clearly, truly get the best of the best because even being on the Incredicoaster and it's, you know, the, the ride has not been changed, but yeah. the things that they added, it, it was 
<laughs> I'm on it. And I'm like, I'm, my mind is being blown again. <laughs> yeah. That was a very cool one. Um, but remember when Jack Jack's like appearing and disappearing? Yeah. Or it, you, it looks like it. And then they have the, the lasers, laser eyes. Yeah. And then at the end of the ride, there's that like a giant Jack Jack in a yeah. room. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Really we cool. can talk about the movie now. So let's talk. Okay. <laughs> I just threw my phone and it looks like there are no cracks. Let me check the back. No, we're good. Okay. So. This is Brad Bird who directed this, and we're going to be talking about Brad Bird in another series that we're waiting to do. Um, you know, at some we we got to build up to it, but he directed one of the Mission Impossible movies. And watching this movie, it makes so much sense why they hired him. It's yeah. insane that like it it's because you're like, oh, an animator doing an action movie, but then you watch this, and it's so spy based and everything that it is just like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, makes He sense. was the guy to do this. So um, this is after... So he comes out with Iron Giant, then he comes out with this movie, and then his next movie is going to be Ratatouille. Okay. So that's kind of where he is in his career. Um, we'll talk about the rest of it on our next Patreon episode. Uh, the movie's produced by John Walker, who did Iron Man, Tomorrowland, or I think... I'm sorry, Iron, Iron, Gi Giant. Iron Giant, Tomorrowland, Incredibles 2. It's written by Brad Bird, and the music... We've been talking about this guy a lot, Michael Giacchino, Giacchino, uh, Giacchino, um, and this is his best score. Yeah. I love the score to this movie. Yeah. It's so good. He does the whole, like, muted trumpets, and it's jazzy, and it just feels like you're in, like, the 50s or 60s, mm -hmm. and it's so good, and it, it's also kind of epic at the same time. What are you looking at? Um, there's some people skating by, and then someone walked by as oh. well. Um, so now let's talk about the cinematographer. The, well, actually, it's three cinematographers. So we have Andrew Jimenez, who is more of a visual effects guy. So he's done a bunch of visual effects for movies. Um, Patrick Lynn, who did Toy Story 4 and Up. And then Janet LaCroix, L-U-C-R-O-Y. I have to look at it. I don't know. But, well, it's not like the drink. It's not yeah, spelled like the yeah. drink or the place in France. I see it. Um, yeah. Oh, I get it. And um, Luke uh, Roy. Th this is her only credit on cinematography. Okay. Uh, it's produced by Walt Disney and Pixar, distributed by Buena Vista. Comes out November 5th, 2004. Uh, kind of weird. I thought this was a summer movie. But I guess the, I guess if you're hitting the Thanksgiving crowd, it's a, yeah. it's a family movie. So well, that's pretty smart. Not all of them have come out this summer. Yeah. Um, Coco came out in November. Yeah. Another a good example of a family movie but i just i think because the second movie came out in like july so i was thinking oh. that this was also because it's like action to think of it though it is a family movie like it's about a family right i don't know if they put that much thought into it oh yes they did oh, okay they put more thought to, into it, it than that yeah um so then uh the the movie cost 92 million dollars to make and this is uh, hold on to that number because we're gonna talk about some some people who did not think this movie was going to happen. Uh, uh, domestically, it makes $261.5 million, and then worldwide, it makes $631.5 million. I believe it also won Best Animated Feature. It better. So, originally, Brad Bird was thinking about doing this movie in 2D cell animation. Yeah. Uh, and then Iron Giant bombs. Yeah. And does not do well. So he's kind of on the Are out. you shocked? Are you shocked? <laughs> <laughs> it's like finding out Tim Burton didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas. Wait, what? Wait, what? Just because I think Iron Giant is just so beloved. Oh, that people, yeah. I think most people don't know that it did not do well. Oh, sure. Just like The Shining, maybe you might be like, oh, yeah, that's just a movie that everybody. And it's like, no, no, people hated it when it came out. Um, I see what you're saying. Um, so he wanted to do 2D cell animation. But then after Iron Giant bombs, he gets in touch with John Lasseter. Uh, founder of Pixar, and he pitches it, and basically they're talking about it, and Lasseter's like, it should be full, like, 3D animation. Now, um, Brad Bird had never done 3D animation like this, so they're taking, because a lot of the guys who go up in Pixar, and especially these first few movies, they are, like, Pixar people, like the founders mm -hmm. and stuff, and so I think this is kind of odd that they would be like, you know what, you you got it, you got it. 
And this whole time, and from what we have learned and know about Brad Bird, he's a very meticulous person. So it seems either they saw that and they were like, that's the energy we need, or maybe they were... It's it's kind of an interesting move to me, I think, for Pixar to make. And I I did want to say, I think as artists... And and I'm uh, the people listening are I think they're all artists too at least to some degree, and this is a good show of like he was a 2D animator and now he's become one of the most iconic 3D directors of animation like he has made some of the best 3D animated movies Ratatouille and Incredibles, and so it just goes to show you that sometimes you have to pivot and you can still be true to your artistic intention. Do you think that uh, John Lasseter saw potential in Iron Giant? I'm and sure wasn't he really did, paying yeah. attention to like how it didn't do well. Probably. And it sounds like they were friends. So, I mean, that's definitely a part of it. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean, I guess I would encourage the audience and you and I that like maybe you're like, "Oh, this thing has to be like this." And then it, maybe another opportunity presents itself, you do that and all of a sudden it's working. Mm-hmm. So, um but th- you're going to love this, Jordan. During production, Hayao Miyazaki of Studio Ghibli um, visited Pixar, and he saw the story reels um, for the film, and Brad Bird asked if the reels made any sense, and he said, um, American nonsense, Miyazaki replied through an interpreter, I think it's a very adventurous thing you are trying to do in an American film. American nonsense? What does that mean? What, wait, let me read that again. What? When Brad Burr asked if the reels made any sense... Oh, I'm sorry. I read it wrong. When oh, Man, I really it's okay. messed this up. So Brad Bird asked Hayao Miyazaki, is this just like American nonsense? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then he said, I think it's, ver- it's a very adventurous thing you are trying to do in an American film. Okay. So cool. he's basically saying you're doing something freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and then... So this is like the first time that they're really, they are making human 3D animated characters. So That they, are not Andy and his mom. Uh, yeah, they are the main characters, yeah. is what I mean. So basically, once again, as is with just about every Pixar movie up until, well, still even today, it's like they have to kind of break through new technology. So... I mean, they have to start getting mannerisms down, mm-hmm. and all and hair. I uh, was reading was a pretty big problem. Yeah, I bet. And so I um, would say Dash's hair. I, I you can tell that they spent a lot of time on his yeah, hair. Yeah, it's very wispy. Yeah, and there were like it. It is obviously concept art wise, like it's pushed back because yeah, he runs fast. Love that. But I I do like that. Like the top of his head's like frizzy. Yeah. And I, I think um, uh, Mr. Incredible's hair looked really good, too. Oh, like, yeah. Like, really good. And then um, Violet's hair, I'm, like, excited to watch the next movie because uh-huh. I bet her hair will look even better. I think it was a little too shiny. Oh, okay. In this movie, but it didn't look bad. No. Or by any means. No. The best hair is Jack-Jack, though, I mean. <laughs> the little... Yeah. Um, the little alfalfa spike. Yeah. <laughs> the... the um, when, when I was reading about the movie though there were a lot of these details that brad bird was like no dash has to have you know whip back hair this yeah. is an example i don't know exactly that and an animators sitting there and they're like we can't do that yeah and it's like you're gonna have to figure out something else and brad bird's basically like no i'm not gonna have to figure out something else we're gonna have to figure out how to make he's it like work. I, I wanted this to be 2d if everyone can remember <laughs> so i made a uh, compromise everyone else has to also <laughs> and, it, and it came up time and time again because there's it, like insane action sequences in this movie yeah and there's all these camera movements that are yeah. fairly complex and so brad bird is bringing a lot to this i think um i th- well i know i think he does get the credit he deserves um but it is like I think Pixar is not the company it is today without Brad Bird making Incredibles. Yeah, and I don't envy the people who had to work on this movie. Oh my because gosh, they he sounds like someone. Eighteen hour days. I yeah, bet. and he sounds like someone who was a proponent of that, and that's not good. Yeah. Um. But at at the same like, it, there's like two. It's a double edged sword. It's like I think kind of black and white. You should not exploit someone's working mm-hmm. for like eighteen hours a day. That's just wrong. <laughs> yeah. But then it is like, but look at the result. I think like people like him would say that. Yeah. Like look at what we were able to achieve though. It's like work hard now, rest later. Well, and, and it's and, like and that's just not morally okay yeah. or ethical, but yeah. And that's an interesting conversation because I'm sure that a lot of animators are just fine doing that. 
like they're they're stressed they hate it when they're doing it but they're like i'm so glad i did it um but there is that weird thing we've we've talked about it a couple times before where some directors are like so meticulous yeah isn't miyazaki like that yeah well yeah and i wanted to say him too that he's i mean he, uh, he can be like very uh intense i guess yeah it doesn't sound like he's intense in a way that's like yelling at people but being more like your grandpa who's like well i'm disappointed and i don't want to see that ever again that's ugly uh, yeah but i do think and I, you're I get like, that impression too oh, oh i'm destroyed now and it's like what you want to take a break you've only worked 16 hours today and, and like i think <laughs> two people who get to work for studio ghibli like uh well i know he he's retired now but it, it, you know at the time he was working i'm sure that people who got hired you know that's like the disney of mm-hmm. anime and uh yeah people are people who accept those jobs and know what they're getting into uh-huh. still doesn't necessarily make all these like kind of bad working conditions. Okay. Right. But I think people go into it. Like I am willing to do these things countless numbers of times until I get it right, because that's how much I believe in it. And I think that's what people like Miyazaki want yeah. out of a hard worker, which is very admirable. Yeah. But then it's like HR wise, not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and there is something to be said for like, you know, if you're coaching the 49ers or something, are you going to be like, nah, that play sucked, but you know what? It's fine. Or are you going to like hammer your team and make them run laps and like all that yeah. stuff so you can win? I think it's kind of that mentality, but in the arts, it's like a, like the person could have been a coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I had forgotten that I made this note. Uh, this is a quote from Brad Bird and it actually speaks to what we were just talking about. Um, so he said, The Incredibles was everything that computer-generated animation had trouble doing. It had human characters, it had hair, it had water, it had fire, it had a massive number of sets. The creative heads were excited about the idea of the film, but once I showed story reels of exactly what I wanted, the technical teams turned white. They took (laughs) one look and thought, this will take 10 years and cost $500 How are we possibly going to do this? So I said, give us the black sheep. I want artists who are frustrated. I want the ones who have another way of doing things that nobody's listening to. Give us all the guys who are probably headed out the door. Oh, a like lot. Well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them were malcontents because malcontents. I don't know because they saw different ways of doing things, but there was little opportunity to try them since the established way was working very, very well. We gave the black sheep a chance to prove their theories, and we changed the way a number of things are done here for less money per minute then was spent on the previous film, Finding Nemo. We did a movie that had three times the number of sets and had everything that was hard to do. All this because the heads of Pixar gave us leave to try crazy ideas. I was going to say that gave me goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you for listening. (laughs) So I got uh, just a couple more. Um, This is cool. This This is for probably specifically Sean Muir on this one. Uh... The score of the movie was recorded on analog tape so that it would have the old sound quality. Holy crap, man. That's cool. Pretty cool. Um, And then, so a year later, the Fantastic Four movie was going to come out with Jessica Alba and Chris Evans. And they had to make a bunch of changes to their script because it was it had a lot of similarities to this no movie. No way! So they really like sat down, watched the movie, and they're like, "Oh no!" What is that movie about? I don't remember. It's been a long time. I know it's but like an origin story. Yeah. Hmm. And in a lot of ways, the 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 joke is that The Incredibles is the good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is quite a bit different. The dynamics are different. But the whole thing about Fantastic Four is that it's about a family. Yeah. And this movie nails that. And none of the other movies have gotten even close to that. Of Fantastic Four. You yeah. Mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Best Animated. Yeah. And it was nominated for Best Sound and Best Screenplay um, and Sound Mixing. Oh, no. It won Best Animated and Best Sound Editing. And then it was nominated for Screenplay and Best Sound Mixing. Cool. It should have been nominated for screenplay. Yeah. Oh, the screenplay is fantastic. So that is what I have. Um, okay. Now you can take over. So Mr. Incredible is played by Craig T. Nelson, who is the coach himself from the show Coach. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> he's also in Poltergeist, um, The Family Stones. I guess he's in Young Sheldon. Looks like he plays a coach. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. No, different coach from Coach. <laughs> um <laughs> 
He's also in book club, gold, get hard, parenthood. He was it's in crazy. book club? What did I say? What's book club? Isn't that the... Oh, I'm thinking of book smart. Micah, this is book club. Ah, yes. I was thinking of... A movie of, for your grandma. I was thinking I mean, of the Olivia Wilde directed book smart that came out last year. Oh, no. And then Samuel Jackson's in it, which we have covered to yeah. death probably three times because <laughs> I can't remember. Um, Holly Hunter. We've not covered her, right? I don't believe we have. She is a true... Unless... Is she in any of the Toy Story movies? She Jesse? No, that's Joan Cusack. Yeah, who I no, we're good. Holly we're Hunter. good. Um, she is a true American treasure. Oh, she's we in love Holly Succession. Hunter. Hello, Succession. Yes. Um, she's also in Big Sick, Thirteen. Oh yeah, she's incredible. Here and now, Sick. song to song, just so much stuff. Batman v Superman, I guess. Oh yes, she gets get. Uh, uh, <laughs> you you are not going to believe this, Lex Luthor gives her um a jar of pee in a courtroom before oh, i've heard about that before she gets blown up so um yeah that's can't wait to go over those yeah i i was thinking about that the other day and i was like i think i think we're getting i you gotta cover the dc because we did marvel well i and i had originally not wanted to well i wanted to cover dc from the get-go and then i was like oh my gosh it's gotten so convoluted i just don't even care anymore but it's too interesting what that franchise has done and become and how they're like uh we should wait until suicide squad 2 comes out maybe lead up to suicide squad 2 sure okay that's what we're gonna do folks lead up to suicide squad 2 we're gonna cover the Uh, dc universe yeah we'll go over the whole james gunn debacle (laughs) when we cover that um and then jason lee who plays syndrome whoops oh yeah it's earl he has two of jennifer jason lee's names jason lee (laughs) um he's an almost famous chasing amy vanilla sky Uh, he's in my name is earl he is earl okay maybe i'm wrong and alvin and the chipmunks i've seen a few episodes of that show a long time ago i feel like that show kind of ruled i don't i've never seen it isn't it just about a dude who just needs to grow up well, it's it's like he is uh, he's doing. I think he was an alcoholic, and oh, okay. and he's making amends with everyone he's messed up. So, like every episode oh. would, would be like, oh my gosh, I I t- um you know toilet papered this guy's house when I was drunk. So he'd go to the house, and then he'd have to like do yard work for the guy or something like that. Oh. And it was the same people who made Raising Hope, which was a pretty great show. That yeah, was what I really got bored with that show. Yeah, but I, 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 mean, I think that's I got fair. bored with it because I I think I figured out the formula. Yeah, I don't. Have you said this on mic? Your the whole formula, formula thing? thing. Okay, well, to use so a lot of I would say modern day sitcoms, and that I guess I'll use How I Met Your Mother as an example because that's when I discovered it. But uh, I was watching How I Met Your Mother. I think it was a summer when they were basically what you know whatever channel was showing the whole show. Uh-huh. So Veronica and I would just st- stay up to all hours of the night watching How I Met Your Mother. Maybe it was on Netflix. It was on it Netflix was, for a while. But I think it was like we started watching it on TV and then sure. whatever. Um, so I got really into How I Met Your Mother for a summer. and uh, Same summer for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got to a point, got like, there's nine seasons. Got like pretty yeah. far into it. And I got to a point where I'm like, I, I started noticing that. So the show, it's a comedy. It's a sitcom. Yeah. But it's also, there's drama who's the mom you know yeah so as serious so there'd be the serious through line and then the funny through line and the serious through line there would always be one episode that's really really a big thing happens next episode not they do not address that thing that happens episode after the funny one they address the the dramatic (laughs) thing and it was just this cycle yeah where they just did this every time and it was i think once i figured it out i just had to stop watching it because it was it just got boring to me yeah and also, I found out they were making like a, another season. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this has already gone on for way too long. I'm out. Do you um, remember they were working on a spinoff that was How I Met Your Father? And it, I think it went to pilot and then it did not air. Who was in it? Um, I'll look it up while you. Oh, okay. I don't remember who it was. But I, I think that Raising Hope, I'm not going to say that they had the same exact formula, but they definitely had something that I was watching it and I was just like, ugh boring i just like everything is the same i also don't i i don't watch modern day sitcoms too often because every sitcom has to cover things that other sitcoms have covered Mm -hmm. just like hard family issues 
and it's just boring to me. Oh, man. We may have missed out on How I Met Your Dad, is what it was called, because uh, it had one of the four leads was Greta Gerwig. I don't care. That's great, though. I'm she glad that she wasn't Well, actually, yeah, maybe she wouldn't have made those great movies. And then it's a bunch of kind of like insert good-looking guy, yeah. you know, people. And then, uh, yeah, I don't really know who these people... Meg Ryan was the narrator. She dodged a bullet, and I'm talking about Greta. Drew Tarver was in it. Really? Yeah. That is so funny. Anyway, How I Met Your Dad, yeah. Okay. It's uh, kind of... Here's... Okay, let me throw some beef at How I Met Your Dad. The it, that would that don't, it needs to be how I met your father. That's probably why it failed because how I met your dad implies that the previous show is called how I met your mom. Yeah. So that's messed up. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, that that's fine. Okay. Next is Spencer Fox who plays Dash, um, kid actor. Yeah. He is voices in Kim Possible. He's Jim and Tim Possible. He's also in Air Buddies. Wow. Good for him. He is one year older than us. Are you gonna hit Edna mode? Get it. Hold on. I'm trying to find the other. Who's Violet? I mean, you've covered a lot of people. Well, Wallace Shawn's in this movie. Yes. He plays the boss. He's from Princess Bride. But I really want to know who plays Vi- oh, Violet. Sarah Vowell. Who is also in The Incredible 2. Incredibles 2. Okay. Wow. She is like as old as my mom. Really? Yeah. Okay. When your mom is 28, as far <laughs> yep. as I'm concerned. Um. <laughs> And then Edma, Edna Mode is played by Brad Bird. Yeah. Very good voice performance. Yes. Um, you know, if you listen to our Shrek series, you know that Jordan and I are big fans of like a, a vocal artist. Yeah. And when someone does... Wait, that did? We did clear, cover yeah, that? Yeah, because you talked about um, the, the, um, I, a Walton, Walter something who was... Um, Rumpelstiltskin, and he is like a voice actor. He is oh, not. Oh, okay, and we, yeah. And we went off about how like, like it, it is cool that celebrities voice stuff, but sometimes it's like, no, I don't want to see Trolls World Tour where there's no <laughs> yeah. like actual voice actors. It's just like yeah. Justin Timberlake being Justin. Well, they Timberlake. do that because it gets pe- it, you know it yeah. sells tickets. Um, what was I gonna say? Well, the, the funny thing is that I never realized because I th- I think I was too young, but they've talked about this on Blank Check that. That was never the case until Aladdin. And then, really? Oh, wait, the new Aladdin? No, no, okay. the, the old Aladdin, because Robin, Robin Williams did such an insane performance, which actually... Yeah, but that's Robin Williams. I would say that is a vocal performance. Totally. Like, that is not just an actor showing up being Rob. I mean, he is being Robin Williams, but that's the point. Um, and then from then on out, it's like you get, like, actors oh. to be in, in, and then they're, like, part of the drop. But that, you know, if you watch any of those old, like like Disney cartoons and stuff, I don't know who these people are. No. Except if I know them from other voiceovers. If stuff. anything, getting celebrities now or just in, in recent culture makes it so annoying to watch movies sometimes. Because yeah. I'm the most of you're the sitting movie, there with a headache. especially when you're in theaters. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It drives me nuts. And I, the, I it's without fail, I'll lean to Micah and say, do you know who that is? Yeah. And usually, if I know the person, I, it, it's like I will sit there and I'll just be like, you know, it's Jay Baruchel or something. Yeah. And I'll just sit there and just wait for you, and then I'll be like, Jay Baruchel, just so that the conversation is over and I can keep watching the movie. And I can't get past it. <laughs> oh, it I'm with you, though. It I, impedes the viewing experience. I feel like every time we watch a dubbed anime, it's always like, oh, oh who gosh. is this? Who is this? I and remember, especially yeah. those Miyazakis, they recorded a lot of those in like the late 80s and 90s, early 2000s, so the voices are like so close, but I can't figure it with out. The, the last anime movie I saw in theaters, I think it was the Weathering With You, and uh, the main guy, it was dubbed. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I think that's Tom Holland. Like, it has to be Tom Holland. And like, the movie was beautiful. I highly recommend it. Uh, but there was underlying me enjoying me, me enjoying that movie, <laughs> just going back and forth of, no, I don't think that is him. And then it's like, no, it's definitely him. I yeah. can't wait for this movie to end so I can look it up. And then it wasn't him. And then so so, all that sometimes for nothing. you like get through a scene and then you're like, I just want that character. You're not even paying attention. You're just like, when is the main character going to be back in? I don't care about the second person. <laughs> I know. Because I want to know if that's Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about Incredibles. Okay. So uh, the movie starts with a great, amazing intro. One of the best expositions 
ever. Of, of a movie ever. It's so good. Yeah. All, all of the world building in this movie, let's talk about the world building first. Yeah. Uh, and, and, as, and kind of jump around the plot, because I'm sure our audience is familiar with the plot of this movie. But, so they do, they do like a, he's being interviewed, Mr. Incredible, and they're interviewing all of the superheroes, and like it black and white grainy, footage. it's the box. Which is impressive frame. in itself. I don't know how they animate that stuff. I don't know. And then you notice that when he would move too close to the camera, it would go out of focus. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. It did, Micah. Well, and and they also had um the way they did the which makes sense why they got nominated for the sound stuff is Oh, the crackling. Yeah, like the crackling and then it was peaking yes. at certain frequencies that like when they were talking too loud, but in a very intentional it wasn't like, Oh, my speakers are going out. Yeah. Um and so they, they do all of that, and they kind of set the scene for, like, everybody loves superheroes. Mm-hmm. Now, they're common. They're common. Now, to keep talking about the world building, later on in the movie, the superheroes are going to get sued. Mm. And I think this is such a stroke of genius. And it's funny because when I saw Captain America Civil War, it was like, oh, you're like 10 years too late on this idea. Because it's like, you know, the government's like, superheroes are out of control. This is the movie you show your kids before, before like when they're too young to watch Watchmen. It, it, yes. <laughs> it really yes. is. Do you have more on that like connection? Well, and, and, and I, I haven't watched or read Watchmen in like years now. And I would not mm. call myself an expert. But... Watchmen at, at like it, basically when Watchmen is taking place in the story, superheroes aren't really a thing anymore. Yeah, like it's obviously there are like, what am I trying to say? Like especially the Patrick Wilson character, like he does not do his thing anymore. Yeah, like most people, and it's a lot of flashbacks to superheroes being super common. The Minutemen. Yeah, and um. What was the whole, like, the whole, like, Ozymandias, his his point, his whole, like, thesis was he wanted to unleash this monster from another dimension. Well, I know this isn't the movie. To unite the world. To unite the world. The world. Yeah, Yeah, and basically, basically, I think because superheroes were kind of, like, not in vogue anymore, like, not really part of anything, he was going to be the one that saved everyone. He, He was, like, the syndrome of the movie. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, like, with Watchmen and this movie, what's really cool is they, 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 they're they a commentary about superheroes. Mm-hmm. They're also a commentary on family, the, and, well, well, Incredibles, but... It's a commentary on American families. Yes. But, like, with Watchmen, it's like you have this, you know, 50 years of comic books, and then Alan Moore comes along and writes something that, that like imbues all of the nostalgia about it but asks like really serious questions and has a comment on it like like says something about it whereas you know not to like dunk on deadpool too much but there is an element of like look there's a lot of superheroes let's just make fun of it for a while which is not a bad thing to do but it's not like well he doesn't really stick with me he has a deadpool's more of a nihilistic character where nothing matters um when like watchmen is not it, I wouldn't say it has a nihilist point of view. No. Um, and I, I remember uh, being someone who, like, as Marvel movies were coming out, mostly unimpressed by most of them. Obviously, as you guys know, my opinion has changed on a lot of that. Yeah. But, like, did not grow up reading comic books or anything. Really just tired of superheroes. When I finally got my hands on Watchmen, this is in college, like, yeah. way, way late. Uh, it was like, this is what I've been looking for. Uh-huh. And if comics had to be around for this long in order for me to read this this one yeah worth it well and and it's again speaking to all of that with incredibles i think that it is it it, it was wild watching this movie because it feels like it is commentating on the past 15 years of superhero movies yeah but at this time when this comes out we've had you know blade which is like an adult audience we've had x-men which has done really well um and then we've had spider-man of the like new comic book superheroes that they are in in the current age, and it's kind of like, how did he have the? How did Brad Bird have the wherewithal to like say this much about superheroes in a a way that's he's not like criticism. You know, it's not like Todd Phillips where he's like, let's make an actually good movie with the Joker. Brad Bird, you can tell he reads comics. You can tell he loves them. He's yeah. not trying to be a jerk about it. Yeah, but um. It's just it's just really wild watching this now because it could it could come out today and you'd be like wow they just summed up all of the th- <laughs> all the things 
So it just it, it the movie becomes more topical as years go on. Mm-hmm. So um, there's some great action sequences as we're seeing Mr. Incredible do his thing. You know, there's gunmen flying through the city. Mm-hmm. Um, well, driving through, and he's changing. Kind of has like a Batman ish car. Yeah. And and it's it's all very uh it's like things we've seen before, but in a in a it's the angle is so fresh. Yeah. It's such a fresh angle. And the the family angle of it is just fantastic. Yeah. Um but you, I, it's the a good so the interview is a really interesting sequence, and then you have some newspaper article sequence, and then you have the sequence of him, like you said, fighting crime. Yeah. Uh, and saving the cat, saving the cat. So adding some like, probably like this is what a superhero would be doing kind Uh of practical Uh side to it. And then, um, Elastigirl, like, like I like how that whole sequence ends with them getting married. Yes. So good. I love that. Plus their little like witty banter, like little flirting up on the roof. And and it does have, um, a, an element, uh, like they're kind of, he's kind of stating the theme of the movie where she's saying, like you're gonna have to. We knew when we got married that we like you were gonna have to step up as they're like about to get married, and then he says, "I do." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. We also have Bomb Voyage, which is a great villain name. Oh, I love it. And he, uh, like, well, we should talk about Syndrome because Syndrome shows up. He's buddy. He's at buddy. This point. He's Incrediboy. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna be the sidekick, and he's he, Mister Incredible's like, I fly solo, no way, and then buddy interprets that as which i think he's kind of right in his interpretation but he's also a kid you Mm -hmm. know but he interprets it as i'm not super so you are not you're like biased against me Mm -hmm. but i made these rocket boots and all this stuff he almost gets everybody killed Mm -hmm. um almost gets himself killed and mr incredible is able to save him then they get married but let's let's talk about that theme in the movie yeah so the you know the movie is it you know, we're all, we keep throwing the word commentary around, it's, but it's the incredible, <laughs> but it is a, it's a, this part of the movie. So, you know, flash forward to him working in a cubicle. And well, also you see that superheroes are sued. Now you can't be a superhero. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to blend in with society, which is so funny when, when the, the interview is going and the guy's like, Mr. Wallace did not want to be saved. He did not ask to be saved. <laughs> yeah. Really, really good. Oh yeah. That part was so funny. Um, but yeah, so it's, it is a commentary on, um, an American family and that you, it, it's just so brilliant in terms of the artwork and the concept art that it, the, the sets make it look like the fifties and sixties when American values in life might be at their like looking back in history like a peak of well, like american a, family in like a nostalgia goggles white america way yes yes totally so so it's even even down to the subtle things of the artwork um is it's just perfect but then you also see like the the corporate side of it in terms of its job mm-hmm. um where he works in a cubicle everyone's pretty much nameless it doesn't like really your identity doesn't matter which yeah. clearly means a lot to Mr. Incredible. Um, so yeah, so the, I remember seeing it as a kid, that scene where cut hard cut to him at the, in the cubicle talking to the old lady. I thought it was so funny. Oh yeah. But by the way, it is very, the way they color it and they make that cubicle. It is awful to look at Yeah, in a very intentional way. It's very way. Um, overexposed and gray. Yeah. You know, because like fluorescent lights and stuff. Um, but you, you see really quickly, obviously, he looks miserable. He hates uh-huh. it. He has let himself go yeah. throughout the years. And then also you see that he, he works at a, an insurance company that, you know, is supposed to help people. But clearly because of his boss, his boss is like, we need to figure out how to not help people so that yeah. we can make money which is against his very nature which is against his very nature so you you see you know this is just such great writing so like the character that he has continued to be even at this point where he helps this woman yeah still brilliant yeah absolutely and then when we when he goes home uh it, it shows like we said an american family a very chaotic one i i know i'm i'm skipping over oh, like yeah, yeah. like Dash being the princess office and stuff. But like they, they do kind of cover those tropes too with Dash, the the son being in trouble for being a stinker. Yeah. He's like, he's like being a Bart. Um, and it is cool that the people's um, 
and and I know Brad Bird has talked about how it was very t- intentional, where it's like the dad is like the strong guy, the mom has to do all of these things. She's stretched thin, literally. Yeah. And then Violet is like shy, and like a lot of teens that feel that way. And then Dash is like crazy and and wanting to do stuff. So very cool. Yeah. Just so brilliant one, so brilliant one thing we ha- we have to mention though wallace sean is the insurance guy he's very small he has a huge jaw and the character design is incredible it is so, he is so cool looking yeah and and his voice matched with that you're just like oh this guy sucks so bad yeah they really they really nailed him yeah but uh, but go oh, go ahead go ahead oh it's okay no no, no. oh i will so, not go we, you know, we're introduced to Dash. Like I said, he is in trouble, and that whole that whole sequence is. They do a really good job of once you are introduced to a character, you are introduced to what their power is through yeah. a practical application. Absolutely. So you see Dash, the, the driving a teacher insane with uh-huh. his power, and then you see Violet, like you just said, like she likes this boy, but she wants to be. You know, she's a preteen. Yeah. So it's like she wants to like, oh, don't look at me. She goes invisible. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then we're, when we go home and the family's eating around the table, uh, you see Mr. Incredible is not, he, he is like broken down. Society has broken him down because now all he is expected to do is work hard for his family. Not that any, like the Mrs. Incredible or Elastigirl, sorry, she, you know, obviously argues that you are doing a selfless thing for this family. You were working hard for this family and we yeah. really respect that and love you for it. And he is so broken down that he doesn't even hear that stuff anymore. Um, it doesn't even matter to him anymore. Yeah. To the point where he's not even really paying attention to his children. Right. And the only time he really does pay attention to his children is when he finds out that his son did something with his powers. Right. Which is wrong, but he can't help but be excited about it. Right, and, and uh, uh, one of the beautiful things about this movie that, you know, it, in like, because I always think, even though I don't have an intention of doing this at the moment, but it's like, if I wrote a script or had to make a movie or something, it's like, how do you make, you know, they're at the table talking. How do you make the scene more interesting than them just talking? So the whole time he's cutting up a steak and then he breaks the steak the or the plate. plate. Yeah. In, in doing that, you learn more about Mr. Incredible. And there, there's all this... It, in a lot of ways, it's kind of how a lot of comedies function, where there's always more going on than ju- just the simplicity yeah. of the conversation. It's not like two people are sitting in a coffee shop talking. Yeah. It's like, while they're doing that, the waitress keeps coming back, and she's asking all of these questions, and that makes it funny. You know, that could be in a comedy. And I, I remember... This movie does that, like, in every scene, there's always all this extra business. Yeah, and, and that's we're, so smart. we're thrust into the middle of this family's life, and this reminds me of listening to the the q a podcast with yeah um, jeff goldsmith Cam- yeah with camille yeah um kumail sorry camille kumail nanjiani about the big sick and mm-hmm. he was talking mm. about um working with judd apatow and this is when jordan turned around on judd apatow yes um in the interview jordan, jordan is obsessed with judd apatow love but judd she doesn't apatow. really watch his movie she just I likes do. when he's producing I something i do um he says, so Judd Apatow produced the movie and he talks about basically how and like, what does it mean when Judd Apatow produces a movie? Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest things I think that Kumail said that he learned like the most, which is a very simple thing that I think a lot of writers do not think about is that when you are writing a scene, start the scene in the middle of the scene, not at the beginning of the scene. Yeah. So like if people are having a conversation, start in the middle of the conversation because it is so much more interesting Absolutely. than just the very beginning of everything. Because as a viewer, you're thrust into the middle of this thing. You have to figure out what's yeah. going on. And because the writing will be good, like it should be good because of social cues, what they're talking about and body language, you will learn what they're talking about. And a lot, I think he even argues like, it's not even really what they're talking about that yeah. you that you need to be paying attention to. So like in this scene in the Incredibles, it's not that, uh, it's not that Elastigirl's talking about Dash getting in trouble. That's not what it's about. It's not about punishing their son for doing something bad at school. It is to show you how little Mr. Incredible pays attention anymore. Mm-hmm. And and it also shows how the, like he is so he misses being a super so much that he he can't help but be proud of his son for being a super. Yeah. And and there's just all this great business and then later uh I think we could probably skip to when um Frozone Samuel Jackson and uh, Mr. Incredible 
do their bowling night. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this sequence. So so he has not been a superhero for a long time, but him and Frozone, they sneak out and they go, quote, bowling because they're in the superhero relocation program. They can't help anybody. But when they do, they just sit in a car, swap stories, and then they... Um, are on a police scanner. Mm -hmm. Great example of what you just said too is that scene starts and he's like, so I'm talking to the guy and he starts <laughs> monologuing. Can you believe it? The guy starts monologuing. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there all tied up and which was a hilarious like comment on monologuing villains. Yeah. Um, which actually the last action hero has my favorite joke about that because oh, okay. he's the... I don't know if it, who has seen the last action hero is listening. A great movie that is completely un misunderstood. Um, but uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the kid are tied up. Um, or maybe it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger and the cartoon cat that's in the movie, which is funny. <laughs> and the guy is monologuing for a while. And then the kid comes in and I think he like knocks him out or, or hits him or something like that, holds to a gun and he goes, You villains are so stupid. You always monologue. You can't monologue. That's when we get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so great. That's funny. Um, but so they hear that there's a fire, and so they go to help at this fire and get these people out of the fire. I cannot believe that they animated this 15 years ago. I know. I think it's insane. The like The like light exposure on their skin and stuff totally makes sense the i mean the flames are kind of nuts yeah. and 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 everything is kind of blow, blowing up and stuff i just cannot believe that that was animated back then mm -hmm. i have nothing to add i mean <laughs> it, it is it is truly it's mind-boggling it it's it's insane um, and and now it, it's one of those things where like i i think i've talked about this before i think we might have talked about it like in finding dory but it's just like things are advancing at such a rate in animation that i really don't know what they could do next yeah because everything looks amazing now right right i know it is weird though because we had that same mentality when we saw i mean we were kids but like seeing incredibles it's just like oh this is what movies look like and then you see incredibles 2 and then we see this movie and it's like oh yeah i guess none of the none of the um uh characters have like pores on their skin mm -hmm. or like stubble or that's kind of weird yeah but <laughs> We're, we're treated too nicely with animation. It, it just keeps growing and growing. Thank you, animators. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, Brad Bird. I'm so happy you signed up to be a patron. <laughs> um, I, I would love to have you on. Get Tom to sign up. When we do, yeah, when we do Mission Impossible, please come on. Um, and hopefully COVID will be over and we can hang out. Um, but so then Mr. Incredible comes home and uh, Elastigirl's like, hey, you know, she kind of figures out what he's doing. Yeah. And they have this argument and he says this key line where he says, where, um, she's like, you're going to miss Dash's, um, graduation. And he goes, it's, oh gosh, yeah. you know, third to fourth grade. It's not that big of a deal. And he says, they keep on finding new ways to celebrate mediocrity. Yeah. So let's talk about this theme. Yeah. Cause it comes up a lot in the movie and we have, we have Syndrome who wants to make everyone super so that nobody is super. And you notice too when we're introduced to Dash's character and when his, like when they finally leave the principal's office and he's talking he's like begging his mom to do sports and they won't let him because he would obviously win everything. Um, and she she makes some comment about like everyone's special or everyone's super and he's like that's just another way of saying no one is. Yes. And yeah. when when uh, Syndrome says it later on, it it is like. Wow, what a what a wonderful thesis. Yeah, so so what what would you say is like the message then in regards to that? Cuz at the end of the movie, they are incredible. So is is the message like like the the world celebrates mediocrity, but you can be incredible and you should embrace being incredible. Yeah, it's 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 I'm I have to like chew on that one because yeah. what's interesting about it is he says it pretty early on in the movie so that's before his character has changed yeah so i'm curious what he would think like post everything that happened i i feel like in a lot of ways he'd probably still agree with what he said because yeah. i also agree with what he said um but well then the other thing about it though is before they do that last fight he says to the kids you know i've been a terrible dad to you mm -hmm. and so i think i think along with what i just said he he is also realizing like there is you can be incredible in things that are 
um, seemingly mundane because he's yeah. been a bad father. And yeah. I'm sure now he wants to be an incredible father. Yeah. Just as he is an incredible superhero. Yeah. But I, I think his, his big thing, uh, his big change is like accepting like, like not because like you said, his, his character is kind of created to be the dad that that is strong, like yeah. the typical American ideal of a father. And by the end of the movie, at that point in the movie that you're talking about, they're like, you don't have to be though. Mm -hmm. Cause you have us. Yeah. And that's when they all fight together. Uh -huh. I don't yeah. know if that exactly addresses the other comment he made, but it, it's, it there's is, a lot in there. It's just like, I you mean, don't have to, it, it kind of, I don't know. It's like, you don't have to be incredible alone. Yeah. You can yeah. like you you can be incredible with your family, your friend. Like you you don't have to just like always be the number one person that you carry the world world on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. But I have to chew on the other thing. Okay. Um What do you think? I think it the I mean the things I said I agree with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to reiterate them, do I? No. Do you want me to? No. Be honest. No. Um so he gets a secret message and he so he there's he basically syndrome he doesn't know this yet gets him on an island to fight this um this technological a robot a that, robot that that's, has, that's the word i was looking a for a robot that's ai that has learned that that learns off of your skills so that it can beat you yeah and you know great action sequences here mm -hmm. um and his his whole outlook on life it's you know cuz this movie's also kind of about a midlife crisis Mm -hmm. um well it's definitely not kind of yeah that's a huge theme of it and so at this point it's like renewed we see this amazing montage where he's being a better dad and he's um you know him and his wife have like a spark in their marriage that yeah. doesn't seem like it was there for many years yeah and all is going well and then of course when he's on the island he gets um captured mm -hmm. and things go south and syndrome tries to kill him mm -hmm. and during this he does uncover this larger plot which is that that syndrome wants to make everybody super so that nobody's super, but first he wants to take all the credit and he wants to unleash this beast. And he's killing all the superheroes. Yes, and he's he's used that sequence. They don't ever like address it, which I love. They just show us um, Mr. Incredible logs into the computer after he finds the password, mm. and when he's looking at it, it shows like version one of the robot, and then it shows all these superheroes, and they keep getting terminated. And then it'll say robot terminated and then it'll say version two and then more superheroes. So he keeps making more and more killing off superheroes. And then he's found the one that he thought killed Mr. Incredible. And so he's going to send it to the city and do his thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, there's all the fun stuff with Edna mode. There's an amazing shot where when she is showing Mrs. Incredible, all of the suits it's like a one shot with the camera oh yeah it's, it's, and it's so amazing it's like panning with them as they look at it and then coming back like it's on a dolly yeah and it's again for 2004 animation I, i'm like i don't get this still I don't, don't envy the animators <laughs> no um so there's all of that great business and then um finally mrs incredible's like i gotta go save my husband there's like a beacon you know all the minutia of the details that we don't need to talk about and they head out jack jack's gonna be babysat mm -hmm. and um dash and violet are on the plane with mrs incredible mm -hmm. and when they're headed out the plane gets attacked and i love in this sequence how she keeps saying violet you have to make a force field to block this and she is unsuccessful in doing is, it the tension is so insane in that scene and and this like this scene and then the rest of of Mrs. Incredible sneaking around the island is just like this is this is some of the best action and some of the best like spy stuff we we've seen. Yeah. Like it is it is up there with everything else. Like it's got that Bond vibe that's amazing. And and it makes so much sense that he directed Mission Impossible. Yeah. For yeah. because it's it's like he gets he gets is that how the to Burj Khalifa one? Yeah, okay. yeah. He gets how to, you know, have consequences in your action and how to grow things and change things and and s keep your story going while there's action, but also just beautiful shots. Mm -hmm. You're never confused about the action. Mm -hmm. You know where everything is geographically. Absolutely. 
you know, there's that great sequence with Dash just running all over the place. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, he's running away from henchmen, and then that's when he learns he can run on water. And that, that what his realization and his reaction is to laugh. It, it is like, I got chills and I'm laughing <laughs> at the same time. Um, that whole sequence, like you said, is incredible. Uh, a lot of it because like you're you're never confused about what's going on. And and what's brilliant about it is like I just said, oh yeah, sorry, I said this while we we're watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. But what's uh, a really fun thing in this movie is you know it's established that there are these supers who have been supers for a long time. So like Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl, they know their potential. Uh huh. Um, in terms of powers, Dash and Violet do not because they've not been allowed to use them. Yeah. And what's so brilliant about that is because they're here like snuck onto this mission we're watching them discover what their potential is and that is like so cool and i love that there's not too much attention paid to it yeah and it is just like he needs to run on water now he did it he learned yeah she needs to make a stronger force well, field it, she does it she learned it's it's a lot of showing not telling absolutely um i mean most of this movie is that it's it's a movie you could watch on mute and you'd get it yeah um but, but you know, all that, they rescue Mr. Incredible. They head back to the city. They have to stop the... Am I missing things you want to hit on? I don't know. Your eyes gave me a... You're missing something. Um, but, but, you know, all this great stuff. They make it back to the city. They're, they, are, they have to stop Syndrome. One of the things I really love is the sequence. Because, you know, a lot of times in superhero movies, that last sequence is really, really long. And it's like when they... You know, in a in a different movie, when he shoots that claw into the to, into the robot, someone would have like come out of the robot, or the robot would have got back. Yeah, up. Yeah, we and still have, have another to, fifteen minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say um, that this is an, along with like good storytelling. So throughout the movie, the you know Mister Incredible is in contact with this Mirage woman. Yes, um, and she becomes like the Dubex Machina character. And it, it works because we don't like we don't yeah, really know yeah. who she I mean, she's very side character, but you see um, when Mr. Incredible threatens to kill her in front of Syndrome, he doesn't care. Yeah, he wants him to do it. Yeah. And so she now has motivation to to like go against Syndrome. And when he fires the missiles at the kids. Yeah, that, that um, also. And the plane, she's like, "You what?" Yeah. So when she eventually helps the family a couple times, it's like, "Yeah, I mean that makes sense." I'm not, I'm not like, "Oh, rolling my eyes" or anything. Yeah. And and at the end, you know, great action again. We're seeing their powers in fun ways. Um, and you know, great to see Frozone. Love, yeah, love seeing him do his powers. And uh, it's all, it's all there. Let me look, check my notes. Um. Yeah, then then i think what what we have to talk about is that there is the 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 jack jack of it all oh i was gonna mention before we get there yes. uh yeah so the movie ends um families learned a lot about themselves mm-hmm. now um it does what is the the guy who's like the shield guy what is he talking about in the car he doesn't oh, mention he's talking about the superhero relocating and he's like like we can't keep doing this it no no, no not so the money. beginning of the movie at the end of the movie when they're in the car he's like excited he's like oh he, he was i think he's like we're gonna get this figured out so that this can keep happening okay that's what i thought so yeah. cool change there um and then we see dash doing a sport yes running doing track and i i that it was like so, oh so funny i was laughing so hard yeah it's one of the best my, like the funniest parts in the movie of the family telling him like no you're going too fast oh now you're going too slow uh second place yeah and the <laughs> guy's like, looking at, the at him second. like what the heck oh gosh it's so funny and then and then we see violet of confidence yes um and then uh then we can go jack jack okay and we are running out of time so we got to blow through yeah. this part but jack jack attacks syndrome because syndrome attempts to steal him and he's gonna make him like super and it'll be his child and when he flies up jack jack has no powers and then he turns into a flame turns into like iron uh turns into this demon thing <laughs> so funny and it is still such an effective hilarious gag yeah um amazing i love that they don't love. they say that jack jack has no powers but he actually has them all yeah he's got like 27 powers <laughs> yeah and then there's the great jack jack attack short, short that uh shows from the babysitter's perspective what happens leading up to syndrome 
picking him and up. And maybe Mozart awakened his powers within. Yeah, because as soon as she plays Mozart, he starts having powers. Well, what's funny is she she was saying um, when she was on the phone, she <laughs> was like, I'm going to play some Mozart for, with, for him when he's asleep because Mozart makes you smarter. And yeah, so when yeah, she plays it, it's smarter. like... And then immediately... I guess it's true in some ways. <laughs> and that's great. The movie's fantastic. Love, love, love it. One of Pixar's best. Yeah. Um, and next month, we will be doing Incredibles 2. Not The Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2. Cool. Uh, is that all? Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a Patreon. Thank or you. Or a patron. We love you guys. And it's so cool that we're still doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, bye. Bye.